You know what we need, Matt? What do we need? We need a gay dating app. Yeah. Where people are nice. Oh, now that is a unique idea, isn't it? You know, a friend, a friend of ours, and I won't say his name, uh, but just uh, tweeted a thing with uh, on one side. It was the it was the profile of somebody who hit him up on yeah. Grinder, and uh, and it was you know of course he's shirtless and you can't see his face and he's got a Superman tattoo and his his whole profile is just be nice, right? Yeah. And then that guy sent our friend a message. His introductory message was, oh, God. "I think you're ugly." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's the that's the landscape in the gay dating app world. You know where that shit is not going to happen with the new app, Chappy. Thank you. It's the first gay, gay dating app to take a stand against prejudice in the gay community. Okay. Chappy users must agree to a pledge within the app to treat others with kindness, respect, and dignity. Yeah. And it's the first app that lets you choose uh, your Mr. Right or your Mr. Right Now. They have this innovative sliding scale. I love it. Go on over to the App Store, download Chappie to meet the right guy for you, who is going to be a nice guy and not insult you. Yeah. Wow. Or be a dick because you're different from him somehow. And Uh, also, this has nothing to do with that movie called Chappie about a robot. You know, because that movie sucks. Yeah. Fuck that movie. (laughs) No, you know what? That is not. That is not in standing with the with the Chappie credo. That's right. Uh, It's a community that does not stand for prejudice. Go be a part of it. Be a part of it. Spread some joy. And, you know, do it. Josie Long. Josie. She is amazing. She's a British comedian. She is so funny uh, and so unique. She has a brand new show on Stitcher Premium. It's called All of the Planet's Wonders, shown in detail. It's an original scripted alt-comedy series, and uh, you've got Josie Long attempting to better herself and get out into the world with help from Maeve Higgins and a bunch of other comedy pals. Mm-hmm. Some uh, some people you will know if you are a dedicated Earwolf listener. Who? Uh, Zach Rhino, <gasps> Hayes Davenport, <gasps> Aaron Whitehead, <gasps> John Hodgman. Oh Come on. You'll get insights about topics including but not limited to exploration, insects, and fossils. Guys, give it a listen and make Josie Long your new favorite international comedian. That's right. Here's what you do for a free month trial of Stitcher Premium, and there's so much other great stuff on there. Use the promo code HOMOPHILIA at stitcherpremium.com slash planets. Welcome back to Soft Studs. Hey. I'm Matt McConkey. Oh, I love it, folks. Uh, we are the uh, we're America's leading soft stud podcast. It's uh, happened so quickly. A recurring theme, and it's yeah. my favorite phrase. And I do I wish that it was the name of our show in a way, mm. but also it's not ours to co-opt. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly that'd be appropriation. Yeah, but there is a there is a, someone from from the soft stud community here today, and uh-huh. an extremely exciting guest. Very exciting, and what a great conversation! Yeah. What a ball. What's on your spirit? Um, I Well, uh, I might right now be wearing a lady's top. I'm not real what? sure. No. I, well, I, I bought this. I'm wearing, It's morning time. I'm just wearing my morning uniform. I'm about to go for a run. Last, last winter, I bought this because I was doing like a, a New Year's Day run in St. Yeah. Louis. It was just like it's one of those little runner's tops. Uh, and a, it was that like a mom and pop. Um, like, yeah, it's like a half zip. It's like something you get at yeah. Lululemon. Right. But it wasn't. And uh, and I bought it and I wear it all the time. And just recently, I've been I've seen myself in mirrors and been like, I might be wearing a ladies' top. It fits great. I mean, it's it's Thanks. nice and snug. Thanks. Well, it hugs my curves. Well, beautiful. It accentuates all that makes me beautiful. So I don't care. No. I don't care. I'm post gender. But you know, whatever. I just might be wearing. You're a doing great. Top. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. What's going on with you? 
Um, I have two quick recommendations. Actually, Great. one's a recommendation. One's a warning. One, okay. the, what I want to recommend is the show. It's just the 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 pilot on Amazon of uh, Bridget Everett's show. Just watched it. It's so good. Just watched uh, it. It's called Love, love You more. more. I could not love it more. I yeah, couldn't love I, her more. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I will tell you, I was um, I was worried. Yes, um, because uh, uh, it's not like a spoiler, no. but but the character works at a group home for people with Down syndrome. Yes, and I have a, a cousin with Down syndrome, and I grew up around you know a lot of the people that he lived in, and went to school with, and that kind of thing. And I have like a soft spot in my heart, and yeah. I just hate it when they are the butt of jokes. So hard to depict that like respectfully, exactly. but realistically, right. and they do it so they beautifully. do. And they all do. all of those kids are get to be legitimately funny, and they're yeah. doing great performances. And yes. but it never feels like they're being exploited. Also, no. never feels like you're watching like a special episode of something. No. And she is such a fucking star. Yeah. She's and she. I mean, this is also not a spoiler, but her her breasts are very much a part of the show. Absolutely. And it's almost like when they say Sex in the City that like New York is the fourth character, like uh-huh. her. Her breasts are like the third and fourth leads yes. of Love You More. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, anyway, I won't give anything else away. But yeah, it's re- it's really great. It's re- I uh, there's genuine emotion in it. And it yeah, made me, uh, made me very happy. Yeah, but the, and I apparently you got to watch it on Amazon and then make your voice heard. Yeah. and uh, you know get it picked up. Jesus, can we have one thing where yeah. we don't have to like call our senators? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can there just be one? Can can the adults in the fucking room just yeah. take care of shit yeah. and make it happen? But by the way, if you are calling your senator, mention that you would like for Love You More to be yes. picked up on Amazon. Yep, they're in charge of that. Um, by the time this drops, yes. uh, The Last Jedi will be out. Oh, yeah. Do you have plans to see it? Not really. I mean, I eventually will, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah I don't know. To quote Jeffrey Self, I just want a supercut of all the – Carrie Fisher scenes. Okay, sure. That, that is uh, what I'm really in it for. Yeah. And every time I see a review, I just skim it for her name to try. I'm trying to get a sense of how much of her we're getting. Exactly. Because I know it's obviously her her last one. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm curious, but it. But it's also it's very strange now that the new ones are out. Now, mm-hmm. like now that we're in it, like the prequels are behind us, and now we're in a new world. It's very. Um, it's weird for me to see so many adults, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting next to somebody who dressed as a porg for that's Halloween, right. that's but that's right. fine. That's acceptable. It's Halloween. I think it's very weird that we just act like it's normal yeah. when one of these movies comes out and, like, adults are, like, dressing like and having very strong opinions about characters, you know, that are named, like, whatever, Empress uh, yeah, Empress yeah, Cosmosa I, or, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Juan I don't even know head. enough to like make what, a joke about that. Whatever. Yeah, it's yes. all so ridiculous. And and it's like – and grownups are like upset about it and like yes. you know, getting into big arguments on the internet and shit. And it's like – you know, I was – I was the perfect age for the first three Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was a little too young to see the first one, but I was immersed in it. And when they re-released it, I think I was there and whatever. And I was probably nine or ten when yeah. Empire Strikes Back came out. You know, I mean the these are first and foremost – Movies to dazzle children, for sure. You know, and they're great, and you can you can find meaning in them and whatever. Yeah. But it's it now all the kids that grew up on it are adults, and we're still taking they're it still very so attached. Yeah, very attached, and we're taking it very seriously. I, I would like and, to clarify, by the way, that the adult sitting next to you uh, who dresses a porg or whatever it is is not me, but uh, rather right. our producer Dana Wickens. I just <laughs> let's make that clear. I cannot have that attached to my brand. <laughs> 
Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It, yeah, it's very strange. And it's like and it's it's tempting to look back at the 70s and behave as though that's the way that it was then, but it wasn't. Those yeah. were kids' movies back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if adults liked them and and got real head up about them, that was weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like the way that we look back, like the way that you'll hear like Boys Don't Cry by The Cure and Ralph's. Uh-huh. And it's like, and we, and it's, we're meant to believe that that was a hit song that would have been played on commercial radio in 1981. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It's just this weird revisionist history. And like, right. and, and the weird kids who liked The Cure and like Star Wars now rule the world. Yeah. And so we act like everybody did. And that's not the way that it was. I mean, there were big hit movies, but it was yeah. because kids saw them five times in a row. So you haven't you haven't been to too many uh, cons or, or no. you know, dressed up no. waiting waiting in line uh, overnight for a Star Wars release. No, although we should say, I mean, when you know as this podcast grows and people start lining up to come to our live shows and they're dressed in a possibly a ladies Lululemon <laughs> yeah. over jacket thing to uh-huh. pay homage to Dave Holmes, then yeah. you know maybe we'll be singing a different tune. I'll accept it. Yeah, I'll absolutely accept it. You're completely welcome. But to for do now, that. calm down. Guys. Yeah, settle down. It's a space movie. It's a laser movie. Um, what uh, what are what is your oh, oh last the thing that the, to not see, by the way, that I should mention is uh, the shape of water. Mm. Um, Interesting. It is. Uh, it is just so gross. I don't know what else to say about it. It's just yeah. so gross. I mean, the premise of it. This is not a spoiler. Is like she's like fucking this the creature. Yeah, exactly. And he's. It, it, it there's it's just it's very odd because she's very very childlike right and part of the performance part of the thing is that she's mute but it's almost separately from that she's just like of this little girl but then also is just like weirdly really horny like uh, yeah the one of the first things you, you the, one of the like things you see over and over again is her just like jerking off in the bathtub that's yeah. like a thing there's a lot of jerking off in the bathtub there's a lot of like close-up shots of like eggs boiling and then cracking hard boil and eggs are a gross item to me as well just uh-huh. a lot of things that are like ew I so it's a slimy like movie that. it's a slimy movie it's a viscous movie yeah and um don't see it i don't know what else to say okay yeah i, ca- I can't say that it really uh, grabs me no i saw the trailer and i thought okay this is i mean this is definitely for somebody but it, it's not me it's not for you yeah oh well well, we, should we jump into our show? I mean, why waste any more time? We this have is, Lena Waithe here. We have a doozy of an interview. I can't oh wait God. for you guys to hear it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. The, Fresh. the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook and eat and enjoy. Let me tell you something. When I see a Hello, Fresh box on my doorstep. It's like Christmas morning. Yes. I get so excited to see when we'll be able to cook. Uh, all the ingredients are delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging, and they come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits. So like, listen, if, you're, if your uh, recipe calls for two tablespoons of sesame oil, you don't have to go to the store and buy a gallon of Thank sesame God. oil that's just going to sit there for 10 years. No, you get two tablespoons of sesame oil. Yeah, and you can get the classic plan, which comes with a wide variety of meat and fish and seasonal produce. You can get the veggie plan for vegetarian recipes with plant-based proteins. You can get a family plan, quick and easy meals that the whole family will love. Yep, you get to choose a delivery day that works best for your busy modern lifestyle. And you can even pause your account for weeks at a time. So you're not going to spend all night in the kitchen because these recipes only take about 30 minutes. A lot of uh, one-pot recipes for very speedy cooking, minimal cleanup. And Mm -hmm. each week, there's a 20-minute meal on the classic menu for when you 
you really don't have more time than that. Uh-huh. You know what? It, even simple things, they can like step up in a way that makes them unique. Uh, there was a juicy Lucy burger with a tomato onion jam and mm. arugula salad oh, baby. that came up recently. And it was just like, it was just burger night. It was regular old burger night. Yeah. But they uh, they know how to zazz it up. I want that. Nom nom in my tom. You guys, mm. for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code HOMOPHILIA30. We are back. It's so good to be back with another Emmy winner. You know what I mean? It's actually like I don't even want to do this show anymore if you don't have an award. Exactly. Uh, with Like you. Uh, of that caliber, uh-huh. on, you know? Yeah. Uh, please welcome uh, actor, writer, and Emmy winner, Lena Ways. Welcome, Lena. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. Of I'm course. Happy to be here, guys. So we are obsessed with – we were texting each other last night about, of course, the Thanksgiving episode of Master the infamous. of None. Uh-huh. Um, how was your Thanksgiving? I guess we should ask you first of all. My Thanksgiving was pretty awesome, actually. I was in Tokyo, um, as one goes to Tokyo for Thanksgiving. Um, no, it was sort of like this thing that my um, lovely lady and I decided, because it was actually our first Thanksgiving together. Mm-hmm. Normally, she goes home to Cleveland. I stay here and freeload off of people. Mm-hmm. So this year, she was like, let's spend it together. I was like, okay, of course. And then a friend of ours who goes, who's been to Tokyo many times was like, we should go there. And, you know, and it's also good to go to Tokyo with someone who knows it very well because it was my first time, my lady's yeah. first time. Mm-hmm. So um, so we decided to do that and it was phenomenal and I'll give you guys a bit of a scoop because we haven't said Ooh. it on social media yet, but I will. I'll do a post. Baby, but I, <clears throat> but I proposed mm. on Thanksgiving in Tokyo. Congratulations! Oh Thank Congratulations! You so Thank you. That wow. is great. So, my lady's not my fiance. When we come after well after the break, we're gonna do like a full. I need a full walkthrough of every moment of the ah, show. Ah, uh-huh. I well, I mean, well, the funny thing is, it was actually super chill because even though I'm like very over the top. My lovely lady is like the opposite, which is good. Yeah. Um, because I'm very much in front of the scene. She's very much behind them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I always tell people I stepmommed it. Like we were just like in the morning in the bed, and no string, but you know, uh-huh. uh, it was super low key. But but yeah, so that's what I did on Thanksgiving, and wow. obviously the you know Thanksgiving is is very significant. To me yeah. now, especially, uh, but uh, but you know she's what I'm most thankful for, so it worked out. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Oh that was good. Oh, we have many many more questions about yeah. that yeah. in the sure. next segment. But. but let's be shallow first. Yes. What do yeah. you uh, when when you have a full day to just kick it on the couch? What are you watching? Mm. Um, for or me, does such a thing exist? No, it sometimes it does. Um, and and that's a big. It's very important for me to have days like that. Because otherwise, I can't really be creative and I can't be my best self. Okay. So I'm um, also like to be inspired. I'm the kind of person that I enjoy watching other people's work um, as a way to um, make sure I'm always doing my best work mm-hmm. and to continue to you know challenge myself. But the thing that I'm I'm obsessing over right now is a show called Better Things, oh, um, which I try to you know talk, tell people about is any, any chance I get. I think it's the most human show I've ever seen on television. It's so raw and surprising and amazing. So I'm like, I'm watching a ton of that. Um, I'm also watching the show called Godless on Netflix, Mm -hmm. which um, some friends of mine put me on to, which is about um, a a town. It's a period piece, but it's a town where the men are all die. And so the women are basically running this town. And and it's phenomenal. The cast is really great and amazing. And the writing is really strong. Uh, So I'm that, I'm, I'm, I'm still like, 
catching You're up on and watching right what now. working through that. Obviously, better things I'm all caught up on. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes I also like to watch old shows. That's a big thing I like to do. Um, Mary Tyler Moore show. I recently just bought a bunch of episodes of that on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's perfection. It's so phenomenal. Good. One of my favorite episodes is an episode called The Lars Affair, where um, I know Chuckles the Clown gets a lot of love because it is a, it's a perfect episode of television. But an episode called The Lars Affair is really phenomenal. Cloris Leachman is... Oh. Amazing in it. Um, Betty White is phenomenal. If you have 30 minutes, like go on iTunes, rent it for a couple bucks or buy it, whatever it is. But it's called The Lars Affair. And it's, Who is Lars? Not La- to get spoilers. No, it, but Lars is. Phyllis's husband, right? It's, yes, exactly. Oh. And also, again, how television, you know, is inspired by other television shows. Lars is sort of what um, uh, the Karen husband is on Will and Grace. Oh, right. Um, yeah, where it's like you never see them. You just, is there a name for that trope? I, I was trying to I don't know if there's a name for it. Yeah, um, Mavis also on uh, – uh, no, was it Mavis? Norm's wife on uh, on Cheers. Oh, right, right. Oh, right. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You never see them. And so um, – and obviously Karen's husband on Will and Grace is Stan. But it's, 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 and it's just a beautiful sort of – Thing that you know television shows do, and um, but yeah, but Lars is, is uh, uh, Phyllis's husband who yeah. has an affair with uh, Sue and Nivis, the happy homemaker, yeah. And uh, of course, Mary has to come in to save the day, um, but it's just it's great. So, I've been watching a lot of Mary, uh-huh. uh, just because it's just it's great, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like and also too, and I also tend to watch sometimes a ton of documentaries mm-hmm. as well. Just again to, as a writer, I like to listen to actual like dialogue, how people speak, how they relate to each other, things that they do. I find that that actually really helps me in terms of my writing. Yeah. So that way, when I'm writing something, because um, again, we always do this on, on the set of Master of None. We always say, okay, well, what would a person really do? Like, what's the honest yeah. thing? Yeah, we know it's on the page, but like Aziz will always stop me and go, okay, well, you know, okay, throw it out. Like, what would you really say if I said this line to you? Yeah. And then whatever I say, he go, okay, let's do a version of what she just said. Because I think for us, it's always about what's the most honest thing. And I try to do that too, as well. And sometimes it doesn't always fit with the outline you have or the story you're trying to go in. But I always try to follow the truth um, in a scene. Um, and, and that always leads me to a really interesting exciting place mm-hmm. so um, so yes that's why I, I try to watch a lot of documentaries one is because I like to be informed right. um, about what's happening in the mm-hmm. world uh, but uh, and I watch a lot of Vice too that's a lot of advice. I, I kind of appreciate that kind of journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, we could use more journalists of color, Vice. Sure, <laughs> if you're um, listening. I, 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 I love you and all that, but like, you know, and I know the, the journalist's intentions are good, but the more yeah. I think about it, especially in the world we live in, I think it's important that the people that are going into these communities and reporting on them um, often look like those that live there. Yeah. Agreed. What is what's the last great documentary you saw? What would you recommend? Ooh, I mean, well, I'm a documentary head, so I have some favorites. Okay. Um, I'll give you the the staples, and then mm-hmm. I'll give you one that I recently watched that I really liked. Um, staple like Hoop Dreams is always sure. a go to. Mm-hmm. Paris is Burning, like uh, changed I just my life. Saw Paris is Burning. I can't oh believe God. I just saw this seen? year. I've never seen it. Oh my god! Oh, I've I'm watched it once a year since I was like 17. Yeah, and um, you quote it for the rest of your life. And America quotes it a lot. Well, of, I was already quoting. Well, it that's without. the thing because it's like it's literally the culture you know that people lift it from and don't mm-hmm. even know where they got it. Yeah. So it's like it's interesting if some. I'm sure a lot of young girls. This is no shade to the Kardashians. They're making their money. They're fine. But if a lot of young girls that watch them and, and mimic their. Um, their vernacular, yeah. go watch Paris is Burning and they'll realize like, oh, this is where they got it from. Yeah. Yeah. This is where they got their slang. This is where they got their swag. This is where they got their whole thing yeah. was from, you know, people in the trans community um, and the gay community who are these, a lot of these black 
amazing human beings that could have created their own language and their own world um, back really, you know, it was sort of like like late, like early 80s, late 70s yeah. in New York City. So yeah. I'm, I don't mind if people use the, the the language, but just always pay homage in terms of where it comes totally. from. At least see it. Yeah, at, at least, least know it. where know. it's coming from. And share it with your massive social media please, please 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 I mean I think it's a once a year and then yeah, the most sure. recent one I really liked um, is this one called I think it's a, um, 11 8 16 or something oh, like yeah. that it's on Netflix but it's basically about like the day uh, of the election and like you're like following different people and it really I think some people may go oh well of course it's a liberal take on it it isn't they follow people right. who voted for Trump they follow people who voted for Hillary they follow and, they, and they're just like there's no narrator there's no it's just like they're literally following like five different people yeah. um, the day of and then obviously people the think results. it's liberal because it's fact based ah exactly <laughs> that tends, that tends exactly. to be a liberal take uh-huh. and, and that's my favorite kind of documentary when they literally just show you footage and yeah. you can take away from it what you choose right. um, but it's really really well done and really interesting because you're literally watching because we can watch it now in retrospect yeah. but you're watching people kind of going into election night very like okay well here we go this is what but whoever they're voting for they really are like they're going to get it they're going to get it and it's yeah. just so interesting to watch how the dreams crumble and then others kind of like bubble up uh-huh. I, 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 I watched it twice I thought it was really well done where were you on election day here's the funny thing I actually was in an airport because getting on a plane to go to New York because I had to shoot one more scene for Master of None. Uh-huh. And I could not have been more ticked because there's nowhere I wanted to be other than on my couch with my then girlfriend, now fiance, watching the, the results. And, um, and it was a late flight. So I was in the airport watching some of the returns and it wasn't looking good. And I remember having a, that dreadful moment of all of us being on the plane, having to turn our phones off. Oh my before, God, we were on the plane? Yeah, we were on the plane. Yeah, oh no, God. like we, because it was, you know, it was like 11 o'clock. So like we uh-huh. didn't, have the official yeah, yeah. it was still a little too early although it was looking bleak um, and so yeah it was the worst feeling in the world because and I'm like and it was such a uniting moment because all of us on the plane are like yeah. trying to you know refresh 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 and then of course they're like turn off your phones we know we understand but like we gotta fly we gotta go to New York and then of course we land and all of us turn our phones on and like the first thing pops up on your Almost a picture of Donald Trump. Oh, man. So that was, was my there, experience. Did the plane, like, make a noise? Ha! <laughs> it was grim. And then, but, but you know what? I will say this. Uh, there was no plate, no p- group of people I would have rather have been with that day yeah. than, like, Aziz and Alan and all of us sure. making a show about all these, these this diverse group of friends. And so yeah. it kind of was like we're doing our part to combat what's happening in the world. But that was a tough day on set. I can't imagine. It was tough. Oh, man. Yeah. We really had to like it because it was like, it was also a day. We were like in a bar, like smiling and laughing and toast. It was like, a, it was one of those scenes. And so like, we kind of, <laughs> he's like, yeah. we have to fake smile a lot today. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we have, have to, to do this. Um, but yeah. Mercy. Yeah. Can, can we get back to Paris is Burning for one yes, second? Because the last time we I watched there. it. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's just Every frame is beautiful. I, when it would come up in conversation over the years, I'd be like, oh, love it. And like a <laughs> right, you're fucking that guy. liar. Because and, I, I knew and, enough of it. You and know? funny enough, a white woman did that documentary. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and, and I know I just made the joke about Vice, but the interesting thing is about her is that I think she really respected the fact that she was a fly on the wall and yeah. like really wanted to get what was happening in that space mm-hmm. out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the story that she had done a short film because I think she was going to, I think, I don't, I don't want to mess this up, I think she was going to New York Film School. Um, but she did a short and her professor was like, you should actually 
keep yeah. going with this. And thank God she did because it's literally a Bible for like any queer person, particularly if you're a queer person of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at it and they'll, they'll, we're all their children. Like they really did birth, you know, the community as we know it. Yeah. Yeah. And they did not have it easy. I mean, no, God, not at all. And she didn't shy away from the the tragicness of right. what it was to be yourself at that time. Right. So I wonder yeah. about those two like twelve, Kids. thirteen year olds at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Out one, of them got, one of them got, was adopted because I've really? I own it on, and I've watched. And there's also if you want, you can buy the DVD like on Amazon. For probably not a lot of money, um, and you can listen to the commentary where it's the filmmaker and some of the people who are still alive. Because unfortunately, a lot of them lost their lives due to HIV and things like yeah. that. But some of them are still alive, and they they all talk about you know they're watching it. Obviously, like it was like ten, twenty years later since the documentary, and they're sort of talking about themselves. They look at themselves. But the, one of the kids at the top was a a, a family saw the movie. Uh-huh. And like asked like, well, where is he now? And he was available to adopt because he didn't have a place to go, uh-huh. and he was adopted. Oh. Um, so it was really a really sweet story. Oh, but I, that would be a really cool thing. Someone should do a follow up. Yes, there are. Someone should do a follow up. There were a lot of rumors that one of them went on to become like a like a drag queen from Drag Race, and that has been debunked. But oh, that was okay. like kind of a thing in that that in the conversation. For okay, a while. okay. Yeah. But yeah, but I know that there was a documentary about. The um, Madonna's dancers from Truth or Dare, which yeah. I don't think there's any actual crossover, but she obviously completely oh, co-opted the, the entire thing. Of course, and then those dancers that like went on tour with her and are from, from Truth or Dare uh-huh. were like also kind of like chewed up and spit out a mm. little bit, sure. and like and yeah, and there is a documentary about that which about isn't them. as great, but I do I gotta say I do really like the documentary. Is, is there a documentary called Truth or Dare or something like that? Truth There's or Dare. Truth or Dare. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that documentary actually is well done. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and actually, because I sat and watched it one day, and I, I really enjoyed it. But a big part of the reason why it's interesting and well done is because of the people behind her, oh, you know, yes. and how they're really helping to shape and form her brand. Yeah, right. And that I'm was, shade, I mean, but. that was that was reality TV before. There was yes, reality exactly. TV. Yeah. It was really groundbreaking at the time. Somebody being like, here, just be with me every moment of every day. Yeah. yeah. Make something out of it. Yeah, exactly. But the thing that hit me the last time I watched Paris is Burning mm-hmm. is Venus Extravaganza, the yes. one who uh, talks you through the whole thing about reading, right? Yeah. yeah. She then, she's asked about the fact that she has dates and like, and sometimes uh-huh. the dates give her money uh-huh. and whatever. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's talking around, you know, what, what we yeah. all know to yeah. be true. But then she goes into this whole thing of like, you know, I look at it this way. Oh, it's so great. It's so great, but it's so crazy. About housewives. Yes. Like a woman might want a new washer and dryer set. Yes. And to get (laughs) her husband to buy her a new washer and dryer set, Mm -hmm. she might have to do some things for him. Which is like such a like regret, like regressive, I don't think is the right word, but like such an outdated view of gender that Mm. it's it's like – it's – it's insane to me that somebody on the vanguard of gender could have yeah, yeah, views yeah. that are that regressive. But, but I don't even know if they are. There's I, a real truth to what she's saying. Yeah. And even now, I mean, let's be real. Like, if a woman—and I see this a lot on Instagram. You know, some of these, like, very high-profile guys who yeah. are married to women who don't technically have a profession, per se. Sure. <laughs> other than looking beautiful and supporting them. And, sure. Um, some comics may have, you know. <laughs> uh, but—and you and, and I don't judge—
judge the women, but in order to to live the life they lead, they have to, they wouldn't be in the house that they are in if uh, they didn't look a certain way, if they didn't sure. present themselves a certain way, sure. if they didn't perform certain duties. Right. Um, and sometimes they are not always treated well because you hear about stories about them being cheated on or sort of babies that are born out of sort of like while they were on a break and mm-hmm. the women like bring those children into their lives and help raise them as if they were their own. And uh-huh. so, um, and not that all these women are like sort of like throwaway, but I do think there's an element of, you know, the position they hold in these men's lives and the things that these men provide for them sure. and a sort of lifestyle. It's yeah. a very interesting give and take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but I think their goals are for more than a wash and dryer set. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's fair. Like, it's crazy to me that, that she's like, all women want is just a brand new washer uh, and dryer no, no. set. I mean, you know, I, I mean, mean, I have my very first washer and dryer right now and yeah. it's pretty great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're great to I, have. Oh, yeah. they're phenomenal. Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade mine for all the, well, maybe yeah, I would. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's the greatest and now I'm going to watch it again. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It, it never gets old. Yeah. It never, never gets old. Yeah, you notice something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also a big fan of All About Eve. I watch that pretty oh, regularly. God, yeah. um, Sacred and text. It, oh my gosh. And also too, that's one that I've listened to. With, it has a very unique commentary where it's like there's, like there's a television critic and then there's someone, there's a couple people like, like, like film historians like speak about the film and things like that. And it's so, so interesting because obviously the top is sort of this fictitious award. It's sort of like a mixture of like a Golden Globe or like mm-hmm. an Oscar. Um, and um, the woman, um, crap, who, Celeste Holmes, uh-huh. uh, apparently in her career, they like some organization created that fictitious award to give her. Um, and she went to this like small town to accept it. Yeah. And the film historian was like, I really don't think she gets what the movie was saying because the whole thing about that award is that it's yeah. like the bane of everyone's existence because it doesn't, it uh-huh. just doesn't mean anything. And even, um, you know, Margot says like, I don't need this award. And he, like, I'm, I've actually kind of figured out what this all means. So mm-hmm. I just like little tidbits like that are always really fascinating. But also that script is like, I mean, when you really listen to that movie, if you just like the like, close your eyes and listen to it, it's like Shakespearean yeah, in a beautiful, beautiful way. It's so heightened. I mean, like, yeah. it's just great. There's just so many wonderful lines in there. And, you know, to have Betty Davis at her prime, which like she wasn't even supposed to be in that movie. The actress that was supposed to do it somehow fell off the stage and like broke her back. And mm-hmm. she got the script and she had sort of like kind of almost been brushed to the side at that point in her life and um, in her career. And then kind of rejuvenated her and, um, and I'm so grateful that she's in that movie because no one else could be Margot Channing. Oh, okay. And then she fell in love with the actress she played with and they had, um, adopted a child and named her Margot. Uh-huh. Oh, and you are now God. an Emmy winner. So I you can am. speak to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, how true is it <laughs> now, that, now that you have a big flashy award in your I house? I know, a trophy. Is I it mean, an empty experience? No, it's not empty. And I think that, the, and I'm also aware that my experience is a little different because yeah. of the historic um, significance that, mm-hmm. that goes with it. So I think that's a, another layer, yeah. which I which I have hold with great responsibility. And I, my mission is to make sure that other funny women of color are visible and that they don't just point at me and go, oh, we gave her an award. It's right, like, no, right. like we got to make sure these women have a seat at the table and not just at the table, but at the head of the table as well. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, I think it's very interesting 
seeing how quickly people start treating you differently. I think Whitney mm-hmm. said it best is that fame doesn't change you. It changes the people around you. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that just sort of happens. I think, you know, look, it, it immediately puts you in a very exclusive club. You know, um, you become a person that's on everybody's list. Uh, and you just, you're, you're, you're that person that people can point to. And, and also too, I think I'm also, you know, waving a flag that is one for black folks, one for queer folks, um, one for women. Um, I check all the boxes. And so, but I think a big thing for me is I don't mind being the poster child. I think it's just more about making sure that people know that we exist and that there are more of more me's where I come from. You know, it's like we exist in in major numbers and I think it's about educating the industry and that there isn't just one of us. Mm -hmm. There's many and we need to do the work to make sure that those voices are heard. Well, and it's it's cool that you won for playing kind of a, I mean, what seems to be a version of yourself, Mm -hmm. like a three-dimensional real human being. Right, 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 right. who, Who also like, ticks off those same boxes that you do. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, I guess my question is, where is the line between you and Denise? I mean, the biggest line is that she's a little bit more laid back than I am. Like, yeah. I'm a lot more animated than she is. And I think the same probably will go for, you know, Dev and Aziz. Like, I think yeah. we try to be as grounded as possible and as low-key because when people watch the show, they're at home, they're in, you know, they're in their rooms, they're in the living rooms, and we want it to feel like you're just sitting at a table with us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're not shouting. That's why we're not talking really loud. That's why we're not, we're not standing on a soapbox. We're literally talking about mundane things. Um, sometimes they're not so mundane, but we're talking about the things that we hope other people are talking about. Yeah. In their living rooms, or when they go have lunch with their friends, which sometimes can be mundane things, um, but also yeah. it can be about their dreams and their careers and their love lives and things like that, um, which are of the utmost importance to us. You know, when you're at that this window in your life yeah. um, before you have kids and before you're married and things like that. So we try to just keep it. I think we, we kind of take deep breaths before every take, so that way we're not like bing, 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 because right. Aziz and I can start talking really fast and very high pitched voices. And <laughs> Alan is really good about saying like, "Okay, you guys are getting into the this voice up here. Like, bring it down." Down, right. Bring it here. Um, uh, so yeah, that's the biggest thing. Other than that, the style, the swag, the, the bluntness, that, that all is very much like me. Did you have a Jennifer Aniston poster on your ceiling? Not on my that? ceiling, uh, but somewhere on my wall. I did have also, I mean, like, but the thing was, I had, my sister and I were like, we had posters of like everybody on our, I mean, like every inch of our room like, was yeah. covered. Uh, a lot of it were like black artists, like what you saw in the room. Like it was yeah. like Vanessa Williams, it was like Regina King, it was like all these amazing people. But then it was like, I would have like Naomi Campbell. Tyra Banks, like Jennifer Aniston, like vintage Destiny's Child, like, and they were sort of, and the thing was, is like, I think because I was, because I am a girl, there's this weird thing of like, your parents are not really, they're not weirded out by it. Right. Like, is she oh, so what? Whatever. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anyway. Um, so I'm kind of like, lucked out in that. But I think if you're a boy and you have a picture of like guy, like some of like, what's that right. about? So I kind of got away with it to have like beautiful women on my wall. Cause I've always been a fan of beautiful women. And, yeah. um, ever since I was a young person, uh, but no, Jennifer was always, man, she was on the wall, man. She like, there was a stage. You go through a Jennifer Aniston stage. Um, I think the world did. Oh, I'm still in it. I mean, not I, as not, I'm not, I'm here's the deal. I would be in it. I feel like she's kind of like, she went, away for a bit so you didn't get to really you don't see her as mm-hmm. much but she's still dope man I met her at the Critics <sighs> Choice Awards um, was she me, everything you dreamed she of? was so sweet I, she, it's so funny because she said she's like my husband is friends with Aziz and I go oh cool and she was like yeah you know she's like we're excited about the show and, this, and she was just very sweet kind of, almost had like sort of a southern accent mm. happening like a vibe she has a southern vibe and I say that in the best possible way yeah, yeah. she's really warm and like 
cool and just super chill. Like she's everything you do want her to be because yeah. she's just really nice and sweet. Like, there, uh, Matt McConkie's actually glowing. Yeah, like, ah, I mean, this is the there are like beads of Kathy sweat coming off of him. Right I now. love it. I, I need to take a break, frankly. After Look, that, I know, get it. I, I mean, get it. You know. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. I'm such a fan of how did this get made. Oh, my I, God. I like a bad movie more than I like a good one, and I like to watch them with smart friends. That is what that show is all about. Yeah, it's a podcast where June Dine Rayfield, not to brag, but one of my dearest friends, okay, uh, and Jason Manzoukas and Paul Shear, they pick a weird, insane movie uh, like the Nicolas Cage movie The Wicker Man, and they basically make fun of it and celebrate its weirdness. It is such a fun show to listen to. It's a fun so show hilarious. to be on. I was, I'm just going to – now I'm going to brag. Oh, okay. Uh, I was on it, and we did the uh, the Gary Oldman movie Tiptoes, oh. where he plays a uh, – a small person. Wow. And they like literally do the thing where he's walking around on his knees and they put shoes on his knees. How did that get made? <laughs> How did that get made? Well, they've just released, uh, re-released an incredible episode about The Room. Yep. We're all talking about The Room now because of the disaster artist and whatnot. Yep. And Paul is in the disaster artist. So is June. I don't know if I mentioned June is one of my dearest friends from I college. Mean, yeah, we go no, with, but we have the same yeah. birthday as well. Very, okay, very no, close. mentioned all these things. Anyway, a uh, great episode about that. Uh, he got James Franco, Seth Rogen, even Tommy Wiseau who directed the movie movie to weigh in on the original. Oh my goodness. All right. I got to listen to this because I have to go. I have to hear it. I have to see the room again. Then I have to see the disaster artist. Uh, listen to this special episode of how did this get made in Apple podcasts or Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. Folks, we are back with instant gay icon. <laughs> in a way. I'll take it. Take it. It's I'll yours. Take it. I'll take it. I'll receive that. You told us before we started that uh, your love life is very boring. You described it as boring in and, a very positive in way. In the best possible way that we don't – we try to be drama-free. You yeah. know, we um, – and it's it's funny we just really click and it's interesting because we're both from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Of course, we didn't meet until we moved out here. She's an she's on the she's an exec, so she's on the other side of the business. Um, but we met while she was working at Paramount. I went and had a general meeting with her. But I, I always say I swear like we were not. I was not trying to like flirt with the exec at a general meeting. I'm Wait, like so walk us through especially that. in this we, this, we in this in this like temperature. Yeah. Like we I was need, being, yes. everybody was very appropriate. We need the full thing. We need what they call the TikTok. Talk oh, me man. through this entire meeting. Well, here's the thing. Like she, um, I just remember thinking she was like super sweet, really cute. Justin Simeon had had a general with her already. Mm-hmm. He's my friend, you know, the genius be behind Dear White People. Next week, oh yay! Yes. You guys are gonna love him. He's yeah, phenomenal. Right. Great. And so, and he's my best buddy. Um, and so, anyway, so he had a, had a general with her already, and we were meeting because you know, Dear White People had gotten to Sundance, so we were having a couple of meetings before we went. And he said to me, um, he probably doesn't remember this, but he's like, "Yeah, I think you really like Alana. Like she's really cool." And mind you, there was a joke because she's the only black woman at Paris. Paramount. Mm-hmm. So we say, oh, the black girl at Paramount. Mm-hmm. So that's how we knew of her. Um, and then too bad she left. And now it's like, who, who, I don't know who the black person is at Paramount now. <laughs> right. uh, but anyway, but she, we, we sat down. We had a really great meeting. I remember sending her, because you always send the email after the fact, like saying, hey, it was so great meeting you. Thank you so much. So I sit in the, the subject line. I said, here's the obligatory, uh, nice yeah. to meet with you email. And then I proceeded to be very, try to be charismatic in the email. Just said, look, I don't know where you've been my whole life, but you're so great. You're so funny. You're so fantastic. Again, completely platonic, not trying 
trying to shoot my shot. Um, and so then, but after that, we saw each other at Sundance. We bumped into each other here and there. Also, too, she was identified as a straight person oh. before. So that's another reason why I was not like, oh, let me right. try to flirt with you. I just thought she was like a really cool chick. Um, and a lot of my female friends are straight black women. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I just figured, oh, maybe she might, we maybe hang out, hang out soon. So cut to, we're at a friend's birthday party. She's there. We dance a little bit. She goes, let's have drinks. I go, cool. Um, and But I'm, again, thinking, oh, yeah, it's just, just, you know, friends. work drinks. So we go have drinks. Um, and it's, like, great. I remember sitting there thinking, like, if this were a date, like, this would be the best date I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I leave there. Now I'm starting to have a crush on her because, like, she's so, that was, like, amazing. And we were in a different kind of environment. And, um, and I text Justin. And say, I think I got vibes from the black girl from Paramount. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, nah, you're crazy. Like, no, she's super straight. You're, you're tripping. Like, okay, cool. She and I end up going to the same housewarming the next night. Um, and I knew she was going. Um, so uh, at the place where we were having drinks at, I noticed that the waiter was pouring her some wine that she really seemed to be enjoying. So the next day, I knew I had to do some sort of, like, move. I didn't know what it was. But I caught the, the restaurant. And I said, hey, I was at your establishment last night. And you were pouring wine for a young lady I was wow. with. And she really seemed to like it. Can you give me the brand in the year? I like to buy her a bottle. So that is a move. Good. <laughs> so they gave me that information. Uh, the, 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 she remembered, you know, who I was. And so they gave me the information. I went, found the bottle, got it, put it in my truck, went to the, the party, went up to, you know, her and was like, yo, man, like, I want to just talk to you. Like, you're so dope. You're so interesting. I gave her, and I was, it was my manager's housewarming. So I was like, look, I'm paying for some of this house. So let me yeah, just do, yeah, give myself yeah. a tour. I said, do you want to come with? So I started walking around this house. Don't know it at all. So I'm just like walking around, just trying to get to be alone with her. So we wind up on a balcony in this house. My, my manager does well for himself. We wind up on a balcony looking outside and we're just vibing and we ended up making out. And uh, she came, I don't want to say she came home with me. That sounds dirty. But like I walked into my car to give her a ride home because then I gave her the wine and she was like, oh my God, like this is what? Like this is the wine yeah. I had last night. So it kind of like was that sort of sealed the deal. And then we just been hanging out ever since. And that was like three years ago. Wow. And, um, and then, yeah. And then we recently, you know, Trying to make it official, got, uh, got engaged, and should we Such still a scoop? We have, I know, love and she's this. still she's still my favorite person. Like I love hanging out with her. We're like best buddies, um, who also happen to be attracted to each other, which is uh-huh, the best yeah. deal um, on the planet. And you know, it's just it's it's that thing of like being a grown up and maturing mm-hmm. and coming to that chapter of your life of like not always like looking and seeing what's next or who else is out there, but yep. it's about really committing to someone who you just feel like, Oh, we have a soul connection and we really, you know, really get each other and there's nothing worth, you know, messing that up for. So did she have, have to grapple with like, Oh, what does this mean? Like that I'm with Here's the funny thing. She's such a hippie in that way. Like she really didn't like, it was so, there was never that thing of, Oh, should we be, you know, not physical in public right. or whatever. She, I really, and I, that's the only way I can describe her as a hippie in that way. In that it's just, she just has this free spirit and she's just like, Oh, so what? Like you're, you're a woman and I really dig you. And here it is. Yeah. And it's funny because her friends always joke. They say we were less surprised that she was in a relationship with the woman and more surprised that she was just in a relationship period. Uh, because <laughs> she just sort of was one of those people that was like three months and I'm out. Right. And so her friends were like, let's see this last, this goes past three months. You guys got a shot. Uh-huh. And three years later, you know, we still been vibing. So, yeah. and, and, I, and a lot of people joke with me and go, maybe she was a repressed, repressed lesbian. I was like, no, that's just not her personality. Like she's mm-hmm. just, that's not who she is. Uh-huh. She is who she is. But I think, you know, she and I were just waiting to bump into each other. And, and I'm so glad we did. Timing was right. Timing yeah. was right, man. I'm grateful to God every day. I thank wow. him that, you know, he's entered my way. So she was the, the like, the like three month relationship person before. What were she you? Was. I was, you know, interesting. I, 
and I was a unique case. I was the girl who did chase after the straight girls. A ton. Really? Uh-huh. With and luck or no? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Wow. Let's, uh, let's get a percentage. Uh, let's get <laughs> I mean, like 80%. Nice. Just because, like, I think there, I kind of have, I'm not, it's interesting, I'm not what some would call, like, a, 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 a stud, a hard stud, and I'm not a femme. I'm somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I kind of identify as, like, a soft stud. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of, like, queer community. There's a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, you watch Paris is Burning. But, yep. um, mm-hmm. so, it's, like, soft stud realness, I guess. Um, you know, it's, like, <laughs> feel this skin, darling. Feel this skin. So, <laughs> it's, like, so, for me, I I never really knew, like, I never really, and also, I never really hung out with lesbians. Um, and cause I just sort of never really fit in with that. I don't know why. Like, right. I would go to lesbians lesbian clubs or lesbian bars because when I don't drink you know I'm finally starting to get a little tatted I just sort of didn't fit the right. into either category and I found that when I talk to other queer women of color who are sort of in my category they're like oh I know what you're feeling like I felt like I didn't fit in to I wasn't either enough, uh, I wasn't you yeah. know masculine enough and I wasn't feminine enough and I was somewhere in the middle and I feel like now finally we kind of have a place and I feel right. like me being on TV has sort of made a lot of people go oh I, that's interesting I kind of didn't know what to make of you so the thing is is like I think I kind of give a weird vibes and sometimes straight girls because they're like you're giving me masculine energy but I feel comfortable because you're still mm-hmm. a girl and like you know I don't have like the shaved head and all that kind of stuff so they're like I it's it kind of wears them out in a yeah. good way <laughs> so so yeah so I would kind of do that but also you know the bi girls like the I was always like because I just was never it was hard for me to like really have actual contact with like 100% lesbians yeah. just because I think I was never butch enough for the films and I wasn't film enough for the butches so right. straight girls were like and, and gay men were my demo. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because there's not really a gay male equivalent of the, like the guy who has 80% luck with like turning a, a straight guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, they do and we just don't know about it. But yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just men but are no, but yeah, can't men talk aren't as, about it openly. Yeah, and also, right. but it's true. I think women have there's a more freedom to be fluid, right? Um, and and I, I always feel bad because I think it should be that way on both sides. Yeah, right. because you should experience as many things as you would like with consent to other consenting adults before you decide. Okay, you know what? I'm going to be with this person forever or, or yeah. do this thing. It's like I think you should have you know a lot of different experiences. All right. And I think there all, there's also still uh, in, on the gay male side still such a weird premium put on being like straight acting mm-hmm. or being associated with like he, like hetero being behavior. Yeah, in a weird way. And I, and I do think I think on the male side there's categories as well. Like you have some guys who are obviously a little bit more effeminate, and then mm-hmm. some guys who are not. You can't tell that they're gay at all, mm-hmm. and and that's sort of its own group. Um, and then I think you have guys who are somewhere somewhat in the middle. But I do think I've found that I because for a long time I thought oh, I'm the only one who does and fit into the, her gay sort of community. But a lot of people have said, like, no, it's like, I don't know where I fit, or even right. some people who are trans or non-binary or, or asexual or intersex. There's, like, so many different categories, which has been, honestly, sort of a relief to me because I go, oh, so we're... Because there's nothing worse than feeling like an outsider in a subgroup. You yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, where do I fit? Where do I where do I go? But that's why it's like I have a really beautiful village, which is made up of straight, gay, trans, you know, people, and also those who sort of don't identify as, like, anything. They're like, yeah. I'm open or some because they do because of that they identify as queer because they right. want to sort of embrace all the things um, and it's funny because I did an interview with Larry King yesterday which is a really oh, funny wow. sentence um, very similar experience to it's this right? totally, yeah, it's yeah. the same <laughs> and he said to me he said why did you why, why do you identify as queer and I think a big reason is because I don't want to exclude yep. anyone like I feel like I'm a part of a bigger community and I think that community in, includes so many different people and and um, 
And I and I so to me it's just very inclusive yeah. um, because yes somebody may look at me and go but no but you're a lesbian it's like true but I'm a part of a larger queer community and yeah. I feel like every, those people are my brothers and my sisters um, or my family or just my people so that's why I do that yeah As, and you didn't really when you came out you didn't have like a lesbian space to land in. Really? Not really. You? I mean, well, again, I, well, I mean, I live most of my life in Chicago. I finally came out to my mom when I was living in Los Angeles. But it's true. Like, the lesbian, like, there's not, first of all, and I think, I don't think I'm alone in this, um, if there's some lesbian listeners out there, there's not a great, like, 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 nightlife for lesbians in Los Angeles. No. And, and in Chicago, just the gate, I mean, it's more geared toward, like, this boys town. And every now and then you have, like, a ladies night. But even that's rough. And, like, and if you go in there and it's like if you're single like good luck because then you're like because half the times I feel like even at lesbian clubs which I kind of found which I used to loathe when I used to go out here in Los Angeles was that girls would come out with they they'd be coupled they like yeah. oh well, I'm gonna yeah. bring my girl out and it's like what the f- can I curse yeah, yeah, what the fuck, yeah. man? Yeah. I'm like, you're, you're like, taking up space, dude. It's like, and I used to always say when I'd be out, I'm like, let me find a girl that I love. This is the last place we gonna be yeah. is at a yeah, club, yeah. you know, with drinks in hand and looking like that is like, I don't, I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And then cut two, I'm like, a, a lot. <laughs> my girlfriend would be like, oh, you want to go to a club to go lesbian bar? She'd be like, you couldn't pay me. Like, we gonna sit here and watch The Crown. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we, that's what we do. And I think for the most, I think that's most lesbians too. I think they're like sitting at home and you finally coupled up, you at the crib and, right. you know, ordering Postmates and, and watching Netflix. And me too. And I spent but, a lot of time in the gay bars here, but now I'm like, why would I put myself through that? It was uh-huh. literally only to get laid. Yeah. There's no other incentive. I mean, it was fun to I be mean, out I guess, yeah. But, but I used to hate that's a big thing I feel like with lesbian nights or a club like it's a bunch of couples yeah. and so if you're single you're like oh now I'm really fucking depressed Yeah. so that was my beef about that um, but then also to the thing about the categories the lanes where it's like okay well and also too you see the bush lesbian with this with her femme girlfriend and you're just kind of like okay great Right. like do we want to be a throuple what are we doing <laughs> yeah 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 so, so how did you find your your sort of your cohort. Your Honestly, you know what? It was my artistic community because yeah. I met Justin in a writers group. A lot of my um, straight female black friends are actresses who I met in terms of workshopping material, um, and and we became friendly. And so for me, it was more about oh, my village doesn't necessarily have to be gay, right. but we have to be like minded. And so that's why it's like, um, and I now it's so funny because through social media and Instagram, and also because I think of my presence on a television show, I have so many like now soft stud black lesbian and friends on social media who like yeah. I who some of which I've never even met but we like DM each other we tweet each other they're always super supportive they'll retweet things and we like we send each other like gifts like I send them like things like it's great I kind of have like a lot of like lesbian black soft stud pen pal friends on That's like Instagram so cool. which is so phenomenal because yeah. I really do appreciate it and and, and love that um, but a lot of my if you come to my circle it's a lot of like straight black girls who are beautiful because they're actresses and um, and then a lot of like gay men uh, gay black men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Simeon, my friend Ben Jones, who's a writer. He writes on Insecure and he wrote on Underground. And um, and uh, and then and even my own like fiance used to be part of like the straight yeah. black girl, you know, girl who is who I think she's stunning. And so it's like so it's not a ton, but also too, and I also have a, a friend of mine who is trans who I also met on social media, and his name is Alex, and he's amazing, and, and we communicate. He lives in New York, so we communicate a lot on social media. So, but my crew is sort of made up of a lot of actors, writers, producers, and artists, yeah. and then I have a lot of gay cohorts that I sort of talk to um, via social media. So I want is your own coming out story does it mirror um, the it's Thanksgiving a, it's, episode it's, well? a, it's a thinly veiled version wow. thinly anorexic version 
And so you're, are you and your family are good now as far yeah, as... Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is, like, I have a very tiny family, like, especially now, because my grandmother, who that grandmother was based on, is bat- passed away. Yeah. So, um, and and uh, and my aunt, who um, my real life aunt, uh, my mom, are not super tight. So it's like, it's really my mom and my bigger sister, you mm-hmm. know? And so the only person that really mattered was my mom. And then uh, we kind of duplicated the conversation I had with Dev. With Like, that was a, f- a conversation I had with my friends, my college friends. And, like, the Lebanese thing is real. Like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like, every little detail I would tell Aziz, he'd be like, put it in. I like that. That's yeah. funny. Put it in. So we just, it, it, before it was, like, so somewhat autobiographical. But as I continued talking to him, and I would tell him little anecdotes. He's like, "That's funny. We're gonna put that in." So then it just became like, "Oh, this is this is your life," you know, yeah. uh, you know, on Netflix right now. But I, but I'm I'm really happy that he did that and pushed yeah. me to keep putting in those little tiny details and the thing about that. My mom said like, "Well, you can't tell your grandmother because she's forgetful." Like Aziz cracked up at that and was like, "Let's please use that." And and so all all of those things are things that people will come up to me and tell me about. So I'm really grateful that my experience could be something that's entertaining and, and interesting and, and really give people. The courage they need to to tell their truth and yeah. live their lives authentically. Yeah, yeah. It's significant. Oh you know, man, it's important. Yeah, and and the, and the universality really does come from the details. Yeah. I think so. You know? yeah. like you really name those few little things, and people are on board. It's crazy. You know? The nipples and toes is loosely based on a girl who I dated who had a very, who still has a crazy Instagram handle, <laughs> uh-huh. which Aziz wanted to use the real one. I was like, that we're not freaking right, using because I'm right, not getting right. sued. But he's like, well, you gotta come up with, you gotta come up with something better. And I was like, okay. But that's when I knew I had been clocking to my 10,000 hours because he said that <laughs> and immediately the first thing that came out of my mouth was nipples and toes. <laughs> and um, and then he, of course, jumped in like, why don't we add 23 because that's why I can ask why there are 22 others. I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> and so that's why I think that joke is a perfect combination of it's he so and great. I. Uh-huh. He always tries to give me credit for. He's like, oh, yeah, Lena did Nibbles and Toast 23. I'm like, no, you came up with 23. Like, you mm-hmm. said that. Like, I would take credit if it was all mine. I'm like, I'll give you, I said Nibbles and Toes. I don't know where that came out of, but I said that. I will take credit for that. But he added the 23 part, which was great. Has the real Nipples and Toes tracked you down to be like, is that inspired by me? No, she has. That's why I think she's kind of pissed about it. All right. But it's like, oh, whatever. I don't care. I got it in me. You got it. <laughs> um, and we are not leaving here without the actual Instagram. We'll keep it to ourselves. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I can, <laughs> dog. Oh, I think you can. Maybe I might. You know what? Because I fuck with y'all, but because until this point, Aziz is the only one who knows. Oh wow! I mean, my fiance know, but like, um, and my close close friends know. Sure, sure. Um, but we've kept her 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 identity secret. Okay. I mean, um, it's so crazy because people have changed their handles in nipples and Tell twenty three, which is still nutty to me. I think <laughs> On, like, I'm gonna Twitter do that. And Instagram. Yeah. It's oh, hilarious. It's um. I want to do this for another three hours, but I, I know I we know. have to let you go. But so come, you're going to be in uh, the new season of Dear White People. I am. Yes, That's I am. Right. Season so two. exciting. P. Nenny. Um, I, I think I can. I think I can reveal this. Yeah, I can because I've, I've read. Yeah, she's basically in a show within a show. Like, in the, if people watch season one, yeah. they're watching sort of a version of Scandal. Oh, you're um, a character in the Scandal I, show. No, but that's oh. the thing. They're doing a new show oh. this season. It's called. Trap House Tricks or something <laughs> but it's sort of like a take on the love and hip hop shows and things like that right. it's sort of Justin's like you know play on that and so I play a character on that show who's a, a rapper um, who kind of 
has her own revelation about who she is and what she wants to represent in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. So I'm in like three episodes. I love the show so much. It's I so love excited. it too. I always tell Justin I'd love it even if I wasn't involved. Yeah. And when are we going to see The Shy? The Shy comes out January 7th. Oh my the God. first Sunday of the new year. Um, if you're in LA, after you watch the Golden Globes, you can turn over to Showtime. Um, if you're not, then if you, you know, please, like, you know, if you want to DVR the Golden Globes and then like go switch over during the last hour I'm gonna check on Twitter who wins best best picture and best you know series and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I ask the people please tune into the shy. Please subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. That's what's important. You know, yeah. yes, ratings mean something, but when you're on a premium cable show, you know, a channel, that's what they care about is subscribers. Yeah. So if we they can see a huge uptick of subscribers because of the shy, that means the shy is going to be on for a long time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I hope people uh, please get your subscriptions ready, get your apps, um, start catching yeah. up with Smilf now. I know, man. Ready for the I, I love Smilf. So I love good. Frankie. I think she's super talented. She and I have got a chance to chop it up. I think she's super dope. Um, and I'm just happy to be a part of the Showtime family, be under the umbrella. You know, it's a long line of beautiful dramas, whether it be Homeland, Shameless, all those wonderful things. So we're stepping forth in the new, the new chapter, the new school. Um, but it's you know, it's like you don't get many shows like this. It's a predominantly African American cast created by an African American woman who happens to be a part of the queer community as well. Mm-hmm. So just even for that simple fact, you should check it out just to see created by Lena Waithe. Like that's a big deal. So I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope people really enjoy the show. Anything you can say about Common, the most attractive man? Ah, uh, no, you know. My boyfriend, other than Michael. Ah, well, look, Common is like the nicest person on the planet. Like, he's super sweet. He sends the best text messages. Mm-hmm. He's always like, peace, peace. He starts every text with peace, peace, and ends it with love. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's just a really good dude, and, and and he's the real deal. Like, when he heard about the script, he read it very soon, called me on my cell phone, talked to me for a good hour and a half. I remember talking to him, like, pacing around my apartment in the valley, talking to him on the phone. I was like, this is a full circle moment. And he was just like, yo, I want to help. I want to be involved. I want to help you get this story told. And he did. He was a man of his word. And um, he's just a really great guy like he 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 walks the walk and um and I'm just glad I got to work with him and I hope he and I'll just continue to work together and also he pops up in the shot I know people ask me if I do I do not but he no. does and um and he, he he's really he really is a really really great actor yeah. he, he takes it very seriously and he's so good on the show and I can't wait for people to see him I can't January wait to 7th. see it myself. January 7th. Yes. Check it out. The show, The Shy on Showtime. Um, subscribe. Don't borrow your cousin's passcode. No. Yeah. Subscribe. Like, get the subscription, dog. You can do it a la carte now. Yes. Right. Exactly. Get on board. Yeah. Wait, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, guys. This has been lovely. All right. I want to be best friends with Lena Waithe. Oh, wow, 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 wow. What? Great. The Shy is coming January 7th. Something like that. To Showtime. Uh, do not miss it. Thanks to everybody here. Yeah, thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, Matt McConkie. Thank Thanks, you, Dana. Wickens. Thanks, Brent Morris. Yes. Thanks, Colin Anderson. Thanks, Ben Wise, for the music. Thanks, Earwolf. Thank you, Santa. Guys, we'll see you next week. Hello, people of Earth. This is Paul Shear, one of the co-hosts of How Did This Get Made, to celebrate the release of James Franco's newest film, The Disaster Artist, which we're all in. We just released a very special extended version of How Did This Get Made's original episode about The Room with one of the stars, Greg Sestero. Listen to us talk about Tommy Wiseau's terrible masterpiece and then stick around for new interviews with James Franco and Tommy himself. Take a listen. 
what you're getting at, like, Tommy could have just been a caricature. This story could have just been a ridiculous spoof. I was talking to Mansukas last night at our, at our yeah. premiere party, and he's like, this is like the American dream with a guy that refuses, you know, to admit that he's not American. You know what I mean? Like, And that's just a taste. You can download the whole new Room episode of How Did This Get Made wherever you listen to your podcast. Do it. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.